You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your hosts, Chris Jennings and Dr. Mike Brazier. Today we've got a special guest and a uh, special episode here kind of focusing uh, on, on Arkansas. And we have Arkansas Game and Fish Commission Waterfowl Program Coordinator, Luke Naylor, joining the show. Welcome to the show, Luke. Thanks for having me, Chris. Glad to be here. Awesome. And also joining me is Dr. Mike Brazier, uh, my uh, co-host here. And and Luke, one thing that we want to start out with, and we're just going to dive right into the numbers side of this, um, I think everyone was pretty fired up for the Arkansas opener on November 23rd. And you guys had done the survey, but we really hadn't gotten a chance to digest it. Um, by the time the opener came around, but we have the chance now. Can you kind of share what some of those numbers reflected when you guys did the aerial survey? You bet. Yeah. Just so short answer is about average. Uh, you know, we we typically in November uh, have about a quarter million mallards in the Delta, and that's right at the number we hit this year, uh, just, just under 250,000 and just under 700,000 total ducks in the Delta. So a little, little light there on total ducks, but, but not, no major drop. You know, always balance expectations with uh, what we actually see out there on the landscape. And this is one of those years where three major cold fronts, one record setting um, kind of set things up. I think had people thinking maybe numbers would be a little bit higher than that. I, I thought they'd be a little bit higher than that. Uh, when we ended up doing this count, uh, and this weekend was slow in the week, uh, right preceding uh, the week of duck season. So we typically try to get this done before duck season starts. And uh, yeah, didn't see anything, um, you know, remarkable, like no, no <laughs> huge numbers of birds. Um, major concentrations were, were fairly limited uh, to a few regions of the state. And uh, again, just, just about right out our 10-year average. 
Yeah, that's perfect. And uh, I'd explained that, you know, I had heard, I think with the, the early cold fronts, people got super excited. I mean, like the hunters uh, got super excited and, and maybe saw a few birds here, a few birds there. But, you know, the reports that I was getting um, was everything from, you know, my cousin's uncle's brother has more ducks on his property than he's ever had in his whole life to we haven't seen a duck yet this year. So it sounds like it's right smack dab in the middle. Yeah, it is. And I think folks really just depends on where you are. And, and, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to keep track of the duck populations at a, at a very large scale, much larger scale than, than most hunters experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, they're mostly familiar with, with, uh, that, that spot they hunt. Um, a lot of folks these days, of course, travel. Um, so, so there are a lot of hunters out there who, who have a, really pretty broad perspective, but, but it's still a fair bit different than, than getting it up in an airplane and systematically flying across, uh, all major waterfowl areas within the Delta, which frankly, much of the Arkansas Delta is potential waterfowl habitat. So, you know, when we, when we step back and really get to this big picture view, um, yeah, it may not match exactly what a particular hunter's seen here or there, either better or worse. Uh, but but it gives us a good idea of what's going out there at at the large scale, and I think your your comments are are similar to what I've been hearing so far after this first ten day segment of duck season ended. That uh, you know we've got some people generally doing pretty well, uh, maybe better than last year. Um, no, some people are doing really well. I don't think there's any major um, you know, losers, if you will, this year are people really not doing great at all. So, yeah. so maybe we're kind of hitting right there in the middle and, and off to a decent start this year. Hey, Luke, this is, this is Mike. And you mentioned, you mentioned a minute ago, something about scale and how that's important in this and, and frequent listeners of this, of this uh, podcast. I mean, we've only been doing this for a couple of months now, but those that have been listening have known, will know that we've We've had other state waterfowl biologists, some of your counterparts north and south of you there in the Mississippi Flyway, on to discuss results from their surveys. And uh, it's, you know, as a, I'm sure you share this, I know all of our other waterfowl biologists share this, there's this sense of frustration when we get asked the question of you know, where are the ducks and why aren't they here and these sort of unmet expectations as you described based on what we, on what the weather was going to do and um that it's really frustrating to not be able to give exact answers, you know, as a scientist or as someone trained in the biology of, of waterfowl. And so these surveys that, that are conducted uh, up and down the Mississippi Flyway, or at least sort of the lower half of the Mississippi Flyway, that's just sort of the way – that's where – those are the states that have invested uh, invested their resources into doing these surveys this time of year. Uh, despite that information, we still – can't really say exactly where all the birds are because we've had some of the other biologists on and they'll talk about, well, it wasn't exactly what we expected. We saw some numbers that were a little, a little different than what we might have predicted, but then you can look at some of the things that might influence that. And so uh, basically what I'm, what I'm getting to is I want to, I want to give you the same as we've given some of the other, uh, biologists an opportunity to describe the surveys because i think that's really important uh, larry has talked about this from louisiana's perspective it's really important for people to understand the nature of these surveys in order to understand exactly what the data are saying the scale at which they're relevant to uh and you know despite all the work that we're doing to try to understand them, there's still a lot of there's still a lot of places that we don't capture on the on the survey so from the uh from the arkansas survey share a little bit about 
the, the nature of these, how they're conducted and where they're conducted. Yeah, sure. So not as long of a period of record as what we've got. Of course, Larry has there in the Coastal Zone Survey in Louisiana and a few other places throughout the country. Mississippi is about 15 plus years into their formal surveys throughout the Mississippi Delta, uh, which which our surveys, um, you could say, are, are patterned on to, to some degree. They're, they could you could say they're patterned on the the DPOP breeding population survey as well. Just a simple, uh, a stratified transect based survey. So we we took the delta, and there was a, a one of our mutual colleagues, Ken Reinicke, years and years ago, had done a couple of these different surveys throughout the entire Mississippi alluvial valley, and and had had laid out a few zones based kind of on prof- professional opinion and known waterfowl habitat and duck concentrations. And we took that and refined it about 10 years ago and broke down our stratification by watershed. So we took the Mississippi Alluvial Valley of Arkansas, the Delta, uh, basically everything from Little Rock to Memphis and from Missouri to Louisiana, and looked at that and, and saw that, wow, you can, you can take a look at the Delta of Arkansas and see these major river, cor- river corridors generally flowing north to south that, that really not bisect, but multisect, that's not a word I don't think. But anyway, they, they kind of cut through the whole delta. And and they make these natural breaks, which we kind of think of as, as these watersheds. And so we re-stratified the entire delta into these 11 strata that we now, uh, we now sample across east-west transects. So we design transects that typically run uh, we want the transects generally to run perpendicular to the major landforms, which again are these north-south rivers uh, and different water water courses. So we have a bunch of east-west transects. Then we sample uh, by strata. So we have weighted sampling where we sample more transects, more transect lengths technically in strata where we have seen more ducks historically, more duck habitat historically. So we're trying to get our most precise and accurate estimate within each strata. Then those estimates that can then be used to derive a delta-wide estimate of duck populations with with measures of variance. So how much are we off? Yeah, you know, plus or minus some amount, which which is important because previously, you know, we like many states, Arkansas had just been doing simple cruise surveys. We call them where we go to uh, just essentially get up in an airplane and fly around and go to known spots or or maybe divert off to this location. If we see a flock of uh, a concentration of ducks, try to count those ducks, assume we're counting all of them, but knowing full well we're not, uh, but having no measure of, of how far we're off from what we presume to be reality. So these more systematic surveys are designed to generate us a, a precise and an accurate estimate at within the delta and and carry that out through time and so now we're about a little over 10 years of of into that now so creating a pretty good period of record here that uh that that tells us we're we're very confident in these estimates of duck populations throughout the delta for mallards and total ducks getting down an individual species things like that a little more complicated um but for mallards and total ducks we, we feel pretty strongly that this uh pretty well-designed survey. Yeah. And so very briefly, methodologically here, tell me if I have this correct. And I want to expand on these, this transect nature just a little bit. So make sure folks understand it. When you fly these transects, you're flying, you're in an airplane, you have observers and you're counting 
uh, some distance off of each side of the plane. Is it like an eighth of a mile for you guys? Yeah, 250 meter strips on the ground. Uh, okay, and so then you fly these yes. transects within these these watersheds that you've defined there, and this is all statistically based, statistically founded. Uh, so the transects that you've flown, that you flew, and on which you counted ducks, uh, the that area represents some percentage of that overall watershed. And let's say for simplicity's sake, it's 1% of that of that watershed. And I don't know what your actual percentage is, but let's just say for simplicity, it's 1%. If you counted 1,000 ducks along the total of those transects in that watershed, you would take that 1,000 ducks and multiply it by 100, right? Correct. That's the extrapolation that occurs. That's the simplest way of explaining how transect-based surveys work. You're sampling and counting birds on a small fraction of the landscape because you have to. You can't afford to do it across the entire landscape. And then you multiply it by an expansion factor. But then you're also able to get these estimates of, of confidence. Uh, so uh, anyway, I, I, I think there's a lot of uh, lot of uh, misunderstanding in some ways. And part of it is just because the states conduct their surveys differently. Mm-hmm. And so I want to give every state an opportunity to, to clarify that for them. And Luke, you know, one thing that you've pointed out is that a guy may just be sitting in his blind and he's reporting what he's seeing in front of his blind. And he may only be hunting a 25-acre rice field and he's saying, hey, there's no ducks over here. And that, and I think that that's one thing to point out is that, you know, those ducks could be three miles just to the west of him mm-hmm. and there could be 100,000 of them. He's just not seeing them, but you guys are seeing them from the air or or a certain number of them, I should say. Um, so, so that kind of helps clarify to, you know, the people who would argue with the survey yeah. per se. But there's some element of randomness in this too. Mm-hmm. It's statistically rigorous, but it's, that's just, that is a, and, uh, that is a fact that cannot be overcome is that there is some randomness in, in this process. And Luke, I think you even mentioned that in your write up here where you talk about the estimates for some area almost likely being biased low because of ran- random transect line selection. And that's just, that would just ba- basically means that you saw a big wad of mallards off of a transect line because they didn't fall on the transect line, you didn't count them, right? That's right. And it, and this, these surveys work best when habitat and duck distribution is fairly homogenous right evenly distributed yep Yep. Yep. if it was uniform across the landscape these these types of surveys would perform well almost flawlessly right if everything was uniform these surveys would be optimized and there'd be essentially no variance it'd be like we'd be right on uh they'd be accurate and precise we know that's not true uh but but yeah by randomly selecting them we're we're taking we're limiting bias the best we can and and it kind of takes into account we know these ducks are highly mobile, habitat conditions change, so kind of getting locked into, um, you know, at least in the delta. Not again, the coastal zone of of Louisiana is a pretty consistent habitat type, as Larry there has talked about. It's it's different in the delta where things are changing rapidly and ducks are moving. So by just randomly selecting and taking the human bias out of it to the best we can, um, you know, you kind of you can kind of have a lot more confidence to sit back and say, hey, look, it, yeah, it's not hitting your 20-acre field necessarily, uh, but but a landscape scale, it's working. Um, and we produce those density maps, which are which are funny. It's I hear from hunters, say, don't do those things. You know, why would you ever produce that? It just concentrates hunters and and other hunters and love them. And, and real estate agents use them in their advertisements to sell hunting properties, you know? And so it's, <laughs> it's kind of all over the place. But, but generally, if you start 
kind of talking to people and reading the tea leaves a little bit, most of the time, those, those hotspot masks we produce kind of match what you're hearing on the ground. They, they generally line up most of the time. Well, the, and the people that, the people that don't want you to produce those maps are the ones that already know where the ducks are and they know those concentrations are accurate. And the <laughs> folks that do want them exactly. are the ones that are learning yep. from them. Yeah. And that's, uh, no, it's, it's a good way to depict spatially uh, where those bird concentrations are based on your surveys. And, uh, and I think Mississippi neighboring state does something uh, very similar. We haven't had Houston uh, Havens on yet to talk about the Mississippi surveys, but I'm sure that'll be in the future. Yep, We will. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation, take it outside. Hey, Luke, one question for you. Uh, also, with the 400,000 greater white-fronted geese counted, um, where does that fall in your number of – I mean, do you have a long-term average that you guys are putting that up against, or is that – have I overlooked that in the survey? No, no, that's typical. I try to – I figured you might ask that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you like to hunt geese. I do. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, and so do I. He wants a, so I Chris to, wants a separate map for geese. Yeah. I know, I know. We may get that. To, I have toyed around with that. Now, this, we don't have time to dig way down in the weeds there, but but this survey we've talked about and the methodology, as, as Mike was laying out there, yeah, we're flying along at, at, at 500 feet above ground level, and geese don't like that. Yeah. Ducks, ducks stay there for the most part, or they kind of flutter within the same field, and they, they kind of stay put, and they fall within that 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 view uh, that limited view the observer is looking through uh yeah. their, their their zone if you will geese and they hear the airplane and and they're gone yeah so we don't put as much confidence in those estimates simply because of the behavior of those birds uh but the observers if if geese pass through that zone then they record those and estimate flock size and record that as an observation. And, and we generate estimates of population size within strata and the delta. But 
we got a whole lot less confidence in those just because of that nature of those birds. I, I, I do a lot of thinking when I'm out goose hunting or duck hunting, kind of thinking, man, how could we, how could we do that for geese? You know, cause we're such an important state for geese now, you know, how, how could we do that? And haven't come up with the answer yet other than flying at 10,000 feet or 2000 feet and, and, uh, and trying to see them, but you can't see a speck in a, in a uh, bean field from, from a thousand feet. So, um, might work for white geese. Yeah. And, and I, I, if you mentioned this, uh, I was jotting down a note and I missed it, but the geese are even, you, even more clumped in distribution wide wise than, than our ducks. And that's why these transects also are not as great for, for geese. Yeah. The, the more clumped the distribution is for certain, whatever it is you're trying to survey, the less well some of these transects are going to do unless you really ramp up the sampling and uh, effort. That's right. That's right. Well, Luke, let's kind of go back to, uh, you know, just kind of wrap up the um, overall, you know, a report here where we've got, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about the numbers and the survey. Um, but overall habitat conditions, we haven't really got into that. And, and I know that even personally, the habitat conditions have changed since this survey, um, just based on the amount of precipitation you guys got just in the last week or so. Um, you know, how were the habitat conditions going into the survey and then, you know, post the original, the first 10 days of the season, what are you hearing on the ground? Yeah. So that was, that was an interesting point, uh, especially, um, obvious to some of our observers during this November survey. So, uh, that latest, that major cold front record setting cold front November, um, right. A couple weeks before this survey, uh, you know, I, I took a couple drives to the Delta during that time and I'm like, wow, here, man, there's water everywhere. Ducks all over the place. I thought this this is this is going to be one of those surveys and opening days of duck seasons, just very memorable. And uh, and you know our, our that that turned out to stay true in kind of the north part of the delta. Our observer there noticed a lot of water had been trapped in fields, caught in fields, not allowed to run off. Um, good numbers of ducks in those areas during the survey period. Uh, really pretty opposite throughout the central delta, including the Grand Prairie, you know, historical stronghold for early waterfowl and waterfowl habitat, and really dried up in just a week or, or more, a little over a week before this survey. And it just seems, this is all anecdotes, of course, um, but but just seems like a lot of that water that, that just fell on the ran, landscape that Mother Nature provided just went right on down the drain and did not get it just wasn't caught in the fields and that habitat was here today gone tomorrow literally and uh yeah that, that again chris it has changed since that survey that's where we talk about these conditions are always changing and when we did get another rain that really spiked up some rivers you know the white river is on a major jump right now uh western arkansas there's some places throughout the, the arkansas river valley where some some smaller creeks and, and tributaries have really jumped up in the past little week. Now we got another week off here before duck season starts back in again, but, but this is the time of year when we should expect those runoff events to start accumulating where, where water really starts loading into the system. That's just naturally, you know, for millennia, that's the way the system's operated, right? That's why mallards come here in mid December through, through early January, because that's when the habitat availability seems to peak. So, Really, it kind of unfortunate that we saw that drying out and and had a fair number of ducks that, that maybe left or, or maybe they all just moved to North Arkansas. Um, but we had you know seventy degrees and south winds right before the survey too. Yeah, and and this whole unidirectional—that's a whole another podcast to talk about. You know, duck migration yeah. and the 
the, what I think is a misperception that this whole migration thing is a unidirectional pulling out of a bucket from Prairie Canada. Exactly. Um, you know, these ducks are jumping back north when the conditions suit them. Absolutely. And then they jump back south when the conditions suit them, right? So I think we saw that right before this survey. Um, and so, but again, they've improved a little bit. Conditions are all set. You know, soil saturated. Uh, trees are all dormant. They're, they're not, you know, they're not pulling any water out of the ground anymore. Like th- there's going to be some major runoff with every two to three inch rain we get from this point forward. Yeah. Yeah. And one, one thing that you kind of hit on there that as far as habitat, um, kind of just a question that I had personally, I know with the water that was, that remained on the landscape for so long into the summer, even, um, how was the mass production throughout, you know, some of the main areas that, that you guys monitor? Yeah. So that's a complicated question because again, that's, we talk about variability here, right? And that's mass production in forest. Boy, there's, that's one of those things that's, try to wrap your head around that, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just so, it's crazy. I mean, you walk within the same, same patch of woods and it can vary from, 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 you know, this hundred, this 20 acres of this 20 acres, you know, um, overall kind of good. Um, we think, um, so, you know, we've had such that, that, that's oh, got another whole conversation, but I mean, we're all, our overall forest health productivity, these places with all this prolonged, spring and, and early summer and even late summer flooding we're getting is it's starting to take a toll on some of these places. And I think the long-term trend is definitely declining mass production and declines in the species of, of hardwoods that produce mass for ducks. Yeah. I think that brings up a good point of just how many variables are involved in this. Oh, absolutely. Um, not only just the survey methodology, but, you know, even to the mass production, to water here, water not there. I think that brings a lot to our audience, you know, that this, this estimation is a very complicated matter. And, yeah. and you bring, like you said, then you bring in like regional distribution and migration. It gets very complex, even more complex. So um, definitely, you know, appreciate this information. Mike, did you have any other questions? Uh, I guess the only thing I wanted to ask is when do y'all fly next? December 16th. That week we'll, we'll try to get another survey done and then uh, hopefully two more after that. So the midwinter survey traditionally flown since 1952, I think, the first week of January. We'll do that one in cooperation with lots of folks. Yeah, and then y'all have another one in late January, right? Correct. Yeah, the the plug for the midwinter there is a good one because I know that's a topic that we will probably probably have an episode dedicated yeah, to that because I, don't, I think a few other folks have referenced that also. But it's a much larger effort. Uh, many more states participating in that. There's actually more states participating in that historically than there are now. Some states have dropped out of that. Uh, but uh, just to reiterate for some of our listeners, the the, the folks that we're having on right now, mostly, I guess, all from the Mississippi Flyway. And that's just an artifact of those are the states that continue to conduct these surveys outside of the midwinter, early January period. When we get to that midwinter period, there are states from Texas, California, and I don't know who all else, uh, some in the Atlantic Flyway mm-hmm. and a lot of others in the central. I don't, do you know how many it is, Luke? Is a couple dozen states fly that midwinter? Yeah, yeah. A couple dozen, I think, would be a safe estimate. And folks really, um, kind of ramp up their efforts if they do kind of nominal some hotspot counts here and there throughout the kind of periodic surveys. Okay. And then we'll kind of kind of pick it up in the midwinter and and really um yeah, do full scale surveys. Yeah. The only challenge there will be we won't have all the results for that simultaneously until sometime later. I don't know how long it takes to get all those summarized, but 
you know, all the states have to submit those. And yeah, that'll be complicated. You'd be better <laughs> off to email each each uh, have a marathon episode where every every representative you know participates in that's coming on. I'd yeah. be beat by the end of <laughs> Let the day. Let everybody there. call in. Right. Yeah. I think maybe not on that. So. Um, no, I, I think that's all. I think that's cool. great information. Appreciate you coming on, Luke. Appreciate yeah, Luke, that. thanks for joining us today. Really appreciate it. No problem at all. Special thanks to Luke Naylor, the Arkansas Waterfowl Program Coordinator with Arkansas Game and Fish Commission. Also, thanks to my co-host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Thanks to Clay Baird, our awesome podcast producer. And thanks to you, the listener, for supporting Wetlands Conservation and the DU Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash DU Podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why Pro Plan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside.